It is absolutely my pleasure and my honor to introduce to you. We were thinking about it this morning. We've known this uh, woman of the Lord for 20 years. We first met her when she was sort of in the middle of her, her process. We lost touch because I moved out of state, and uh, we did a lot of prophetic classes together, did training together. It was really fun. And then we lost touch through the years, and she came back into our lives at the end of my process. So it was kind of neat how that happened. And I could say a lot. I could probably spend the next two hours and really never even give her an opportunity to say anything, but I won't do that just to tell you about the amazing woman that she is. But two things that I just want to maybe bring to the surface is she's been staying with us for a little while and my office happens to be right on the other side of her bedroom that she's staying in and it's not uncommon for me to get up early in the morning for one reason or another and to hear her in there praying in the spirit and so she lives a life of prayer that's real it's tangible and it's come through a life of walking with God there are very few people that I would say that I know that really is the friend of God, and Kim Weir is one of those. And um, I just want to encourage you to welcome her. I told her when she was coming up here that, that you're going to love her because there's, a, there's such a treasure on the inside of her, not to, not to lift up a person, but all the things that she's walked through in, your, in her life, she's turned around to become the benefit of the body of Christ. And so I want to welcome uh, Kim Weir to the platform. And... Uh, Yep. Thank you, Brandon. Hi, church. Praise the Lord. I am so blessed. I am so honored to be in front of you this morning. Amen. I am just, I'm so privileged. And I just want to thank um, Barry and Dave and Brandon for uh, allowing me to have this amazing opportunity to put something in this great body. And I mean, this is a great body. Amen. I travel across the country. I have been doing this alone for the last 10 years. My husband, who was a minister, passed away at Christmas 2009. And um, the Lord and my husband asked me to continue the ministry. And so five weeks after my husband passed away, I took my first service in Chicago, and I've been going out ever since. That's the grace of God. Amen. That's the God that you and I serve. He's a wonderful God. Amen. He's a powerful God. Amen. And there really is nothing that is impossible for him if we just believe. Amen. And we have a part, and God's got a part. Amen. His part is far greater than our part. His part is delivering. His part is delivering the miracle. His part is delivering the promise. Amen. Our part is just to trust. Amen. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of sorrow, our part is to hold fast to that what, what we have. Amen. We don't throw away in the darkness what we know to be true in the light. Amen. Glory to God. And so I know that I'm talking to uh, a body of believers that love God. You wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't love God. Amen. I know that I'm talking to people that have been through some sorrow. Amen. I know that I'm talking to some people that have experienced great pain. Amen. 
I know that I'm talking to people this morning that have experienced death in their life. Amen. But so I, what I want to put in you this morning is a contagious faith. Can I do that? Would you let me do that this morning by the power of the Lord? I'm going to just pray real quick. Amen. Father, we thank you. I thank you for this beautiful, awesome privilege to stand before your children. You know every name. You know all the, the numbers of the hair on their head. And you watched them when they first opened up their eyes this morning. You are that close to them. You're in love with your children, just like any natural parent is with their child. I ask this morning, Father, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that you would impart a fresh faith to them. That you would impart a new strength in them. That you would impart a new courage in them so that we can finish this last hour with your power and do great and marvelous things that we know not of. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. How many of you love the Lord this morning? Would you just... Yes, praise the Lord. We love the Lord. We love the Lord. We love the Lord. But this morning we're going to go to, I'm not really a teacher, but I'm going to teach for just a few minutes and then, we'll, then I'll just go into some things that the Lord has put in my heart. If you would like to read with me, I, I'm going to be uh, reading 2 Timothy chapter 1 through 5. And we're going to be talking about Timothy for just a few minutes and we're going to understand that Paul, the great Apostle Paul, huh? Hebrew of Hebrews, second to Gamaliel. Uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm with pastors and, you know, you're, you're sitting around a table with pastors, Brandon, you, you, you would understand this. I know Derek would understand this. I know Pastor David would understand this. When you talk with ministers and you're talking about heaven, nine out of ten times, most ministers say the person after they see Jesus they want to meet is the Apostle Paul. Can I get an amen? And why Paul? Well, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament by revelation. We believe he was taken up or Jesus came to him, but it was completely supernatural, amen. He understood things that he could not have understood. The Holy Spirit put revelation in his heart that was going to build the New Testament church and take God's people to a place they have never been before. How many of you want to be in a place that you've never been before? Amen. And that God's desire was to take the church higher. Amen. That God's desire that his children would walk like his son. Church, we're supposed to be living, breathing Jesuses. Come on. When we walk in a store, there should be a shift. Huh? There should be a shift 
in the atmosphere because you carry the presence and the supply of God. Am I telling you the truth? If you carry Jesus in you, there should be power. There should be power. In Acts, there was power. And that's when it just began. Huh? And now we're closing the Gentile dispensation out. That's what you're doing. We're it. The apostles started it, and we are finishing it. And the Bible says that at the end of this time, Jesus said, when I come back, I'm looking for something. Nick, when he comes back, he said he's looking for something. What's he looking for? He says, will I find faith? Church, is he going to find faith? Is he going to find faith in your life? Is he going to find faith in your house? Is he going to find faith in your children? Is God going to find faith? And faith is very, very important. Because without faith, we cannot please him. Without faith, which is complete trust in God, complete trust in his word, without faith, you can't receive from him. And every single person in this place this morning, you need something from Jesus. And if you place your trust in him and you don't give up, you shall receive what's been promised. Can I get an amen? And so faith is important. And yes, if you want to simplify it, yes, it is putting trust in God. But it's a little bit more than that. I would say this, that faith is putting trust in in the word of God. Can I tell you that you do not need a prophetic word from anybody. You've got a more sure word of prophecy. And that is the word of God. And there's coming a time in your life. I promise you. All the young people. And all the young parents. And the older people. I promise you there's coming a day in your life. Where there will be something that you're going through. And no man or woman will have your answer. Your answer will only be found in God and in the scriptures. Am I telling the truth, Pastor David? Am I telling the truth? Yes. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith. To speak to mountains. Huh? And say move. And they're going to move because you said, because you put your faith in the promise of God. And you spoke to that fever in your child and you said, well, you're going to move. You're going to leave. And I will tell you some stories this morning, but that is how I was raised. This is not fake. This is a tested faith. I've been through some things. I've been through hard things. I've been through difficult things. Hard places where I have had to make 
huge decisions in a moment. Are you listening? In one moment, I had to make a decision to let my husband pass for the him, them to hook him up to life support, which would have been a very, very painful thing. And in a moment like that, it came right up in my spirit, let him go. And I've never looked back. I've never thought of that day, never thought of that day, and had any struggle. Why? Because I heard from God. Amen. Because I heard from God. And when you hear from God, it settles everything. Can I tell you? Well, see, I'm not even talking on my subject right now, but I'm going to flow for just a few more minutes here. Can I just tell you something? That when God speaks, it's it. Defer to flesh no longer. How many of you know what it's like when God speaks? And can I tell you something? Do you know why most people miss it in prayer? We have a, a hit and miss prayer life. Do you know why? You know why? Sometimes you get answered prayer and sometimes you don't. It's very confusing sometimes and very frustrating. One of the main reasons that you miss God is because you don't stay long enough in prayer to hear. Because you don't stay long enough to hear. Or I could say it this way. Maybe we don't stay long enough in prayer because we don't really believe he's going to speak. Amen. God is good all the time. No matter if when the winds of adversity are blowing against your house, God is still good. Amen. So we're talking about a faith that will outlast. Amen. We're talking about a faith this morning that is a courageous faith. And church, we're going to need a courageous faith to finish. Amen. How many of you can see? Huh? How many of you can see the destruction in our nation? How many of you can hear the wind of adversity picking up? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Let me tell you something. God's going to outmatch that wind. All it is is sound. Huh? That's what the Lord spoke to me. When my husband was passing away and the wind was blowing hard against my house and the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's just sound. I'm still here. And in that moment, it is your choice to believe what God is saying or to be offended and angry with God because you're in this position. I just said something. I just said something. We do not throw away our faith. It's too precious. We do not throw away our faith when trouble comes. We don't throw away our faith when we don't get the prayer answered the way we want it to. Amen. And so these are just a few things that the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning. There's some correction that you're going to have to make in your heart, in your thinking, in your theology. My grandmother used to say this to me all the time. Kimberly, keep 
God sweet in your heart. That is your job. You keep Jesus sweet. It's impossible to lift a finger toward him and accuse him of the evil that the enemy is doing in your life. It is not God. We have to make the choice that we believe that God is good and Satan is bad, and we put a period at the end of that. We must do it or we will lose our faith. The Bible says in this last hour that there is going to be a great falling away. Make sure that's not you. That you will not be offended with God. I wouldn't plan on saying that. This is the Holy Spirit speaking this morning. Do not be offended with the Lord. Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended with me. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1, things are starting to get scary. Nero is in power and he's burning Christians alive. Paul is about to die. And Timothy is a young pastor in Ephesus. He and John pastored Ephesus together. And it was the one of the, I think it was the largest New Testament church at that time. And so he must have been showing signs of fear. And so Paul writes this letter to Timothy to hold him strong. And so we will read this together. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this, by the will of God. You can't be apostle because you want to be an apostle. According to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, oh, my dearly beloved son, this is Paul the apostle who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This is strong Paul. Who said, I don't come to you with persuasive words of speech, but I come to you in the power. Huh? I come to you with power. So you know that Paul did not associate with just anybody, yes? And we understand, uh, reading scripture, that Paul would not have mentored just anybody. So Timothy was very special. Amen? To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace. Grace. The empowering presence of God. That's grace. God's power. God's ability. Working through you. 
working through you to help you think straight. Huh? His power, his ability, moving through you, working through you, helping you. That's what grace is. Grace, mercy, unmerited favor. Mercy. When you get something that you don't deserve, could you just lift your hands up and say, God, thank you for grace. Thank you, Lord, for mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us God's grace and God's mercy and peace. These are the three things that Paul is offering to Timothy in this very hard time. Grace, mercy, peace. You should write that down. Grace and mercy and peace. From God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee who Timothy, in my prayers, night and day. This young man had an incredible influence on the great apostle's life. And that is no small thing. And we're going to see where he got this influence. Amen? Hmm. Verse 4, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance, and this is the verse, this is the message comes from this verse. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Can I stop right there for just a second and say that from the scripture, do we not see that faith is something that you can see? And he said that it's an unfeigned faith. It's pure. It's pure. It's real. Without hypocrisy. He said, I see faith in you, Timothy. This is an unfeigned faith. It is pure. It is not hypocritical. What's he saying? It's real. If I say to you, I have seen your faith, yeah, I might be seeing you laying hands on the sick and them recovering. I might see that, yeah. But how about a faith that you see, that you watch a person they have the anointing of God upon their life. They're not a fivefold minister. They're just a person that is deeply, deeply committed to God. And this is the person that you know that if you ever get in real trouble, you can call that person up, Diane, at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And you know that they know God and they know how to connect with God. Can you say amen? 
We need more of those kinds of people in the church. Amen. So it is a faith that can be seen. It is a faith that can be felt. It is a faith. And wasn't Paul a man of faith? Yes. But even he recognized this faith that was in this young man. Now watch this. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded, Timothy, that it remains in thee also. It was a faith that was formed as a child. It was a faith that his grandmother, who was Jewish, and his mother Lois, we don't know very much about Timothy's family. We just don't know. Some commentaries say that Timothy and his mother and grandmother may have been family members of Paul. We don't know. But we do know in Acts chapter 16 that it does speak of Timothy's father and only that he was a Greek and that he was not a believer. We don't feel that he was a believer. So could we not say that Timothy is very, very possible that Timothy was raised by a single mother? At the very least, he was raised by just a Christian mother and not parents. Huh? I'm encouraging some of you this morning that this tremendous man of God was shaped by a grandmother and his mother. Can you say amen? amen? This faith was deep, it was rich, it was real. For it to get in Timothy and to begin to shape him for what God had called him to, and I'm sure he didn't have any idea when he was young, but they did a good job, didn't they? And so Paul is talking about, he's remembering the path that Timothy was on. Timothy, I remember you when you were young. I remember the faith that I saw in your mother and your grandmother. It must have truly influenced him. Amen? And he said, and I see the same faith that is in you. It is important the way we raise our children. It is very, very important the way we raise our children, especially as believers. One day we will stand before the Lord and we will give an account on how we raised our children. And if we are believers, we have the love of God in us. And so by nature, we want to love our children. By nature, we want to do good to our children. By nature, you could say it this way, we want to give our children the world. Amen? But guess what? God doesn't want you to give your children the world. He wants you to give your children your faith. He wants to give you, your children, your faith. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't want you to give your children the world. He wants you to give your children your faith. They need to know that God is real. 
They need to see him moving and operating through you. They need to hear your prayers. They need to see your tears. They need to see your worship. And not just on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday. Uh Uh-oh. Because it's the only faith that's real. This is an unfeigned faith. It's real. It holds you through the thick and the thin. And that's what children need to see. And when kids see your faith, what are they seeing? They're seeing the God you serve. Oh, Daniel, was the God you serve able to deliver thee from the mouth of the lion? Oh, king, live forever. Yes. And that's what your children are looking at. How can we go to church? Why do we go to church? Why do we have to go to church? Now, kids are going to ask questions like that, but if they're still saying that at 10, 12, 14, then maybe they're not receiving. Huh? Maybe they're, you're not imparting life, faith in your children. Because if they don't see a difference in your life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they only see you worshiping in church, the only time they ever see you open your Bible is on Sunday morning. Hello? That is not an unfeigned faith. Is that right? That is not an unfeigned faith. Oh, God, make our faith real. Make it tangible. I remember when I was growing up, I was very blessed to have been able to say, I could stand before you this morning and say, What you see in me came from my grandmother. What you see in me, if you see anything at all, you see it from my mom, and you saw it with my dad. And I'm going to share just a few stories with you this morning, if that's okay. You see, I was raised in a Pentecostal home. (laughs) I have some of the sweetest memories We didn't have a lot of money. We were just like a, you know, probably a middle-class family. I never even considered money, never thought about money. Just never was something that my parents brought up. All I ever heard cherished, all that was ever put in me that was important was Jesus. I was saying this to Derek last night that I remember when I was a young little girl all the way up to the day, the weekend before I got married. So for 19 years, we would go visit my grandmother, my dad's mother. Her name was Alfreda Kreck. She came from Germany. <laughs> and my grandparents, great-grandparents came over from Germany. And they, she was a German, and she made really good German potato salad. And she used to make it for the St. Louis restaurants during the Depression, and that's how she fed 10 kids. 
And so by the time I came around, my grandfather had already died. I never met him, but one day I will meet him. Amen? But I knew my grandmother. And so we, my brother, Chris, and my sister Jennifer and I and my mom and dad on Saturdays, we would go on Saturday morning to go visit with my grandmother. Here's my dad. Here's my dad. Now listen. When we go into your grandmother's house, she will probably be praying. So when you walk in the house, we're going to be very quiet. So don't try to talk to her if she's in the spirit. Huh? <laughs> That's what he said. If she's in the spirit, you don't talk to her. So here we are coming into the house. And here she is, you know, in her big old chair. Probably listening to Jimmy Swaggart or, you know. Oh, Jesus, you're so wonderful. And the tears just be falling down her face in her 80s. He was still as real to her in her 80s as he was when she was 12. Come on. I'm talking about a faith that will stand. Amen. And she lost two children at birth, twins. And then my uncle was shot in the head at 12 or, I mean, 16 years old. He, he skipped school and was sitting up in a tree, and he was, he was bird hunting. And somebody mistaked him. He had a dark hat, and they shot him in the head. And he fell right out of the tree. And they said that when he died, he had a smile on his face. And my grandmother has gone through storm after storm, but my, my grandma... When you would be around her, all you saw was the glory of God on her face. Because she kept herself in the presence of God. And keeping yourself in the presence of God will hold you, will strengthen you. I'm talking about a consistent faith, not a hit and miss thing. It is consistency that pays off. So we're, we, you know, we're coming into the room, and she's worshiping. So we just scoot right past her, and we go into the kitchen, and we get a drink or something until she comes out. And my dad's name was Max, and she'd say, Max? And then we'd all come out of the kitchen. What was my dad doing? He was teaching us to reverence the things of God. Reverence the Lord. See, he didn't know. I'm sure he did. But you're little, and so you're developing. And year after year, or you know, you could say month after month, month after month, for 19 years, deposits were made in my spirit. Hmm? I remember when I was 12 years old, she called me on the phone, and she said, Kimberly, you're 12 years old. I said, yes, Grandma. And she said, I'm calling you because Jesus spoke to me last night and told me that I must teach you faith. Thank you, Grandma. <laughs> and so every weekend we would go and we would open up the word of God. And she began to teach me how to hear from God. You want to know what she said? Because this was a woman that knew God. And this was a woman that crossed the denominational lines in the St. Louis area. I can't tell you how many pastors over the years said, oh, your grandmother, my Lord God, she knew how to get a hold of God. This is what she said to me. Kimberly, 
The Lord wants me to teach you how to hear his voice. The only way I can help you to understand how to hear the voice of God. And, and then she stopped for a second because she said, really, it's the Holy Spirit's job to teach you the voice of God. But I can give you instruction. This is, the way, this is what I want to say to you. When you pray, pray much. Read the word much. Pray in the spirit. And when you feel the Lord is telling you to do something, if you feel the anointing, all I'm asking you to do is jump and do it and think. don't think about it. Just do it. And she said, there are going to be times that you missed it. But because your heart wanted so badly to hear from God and to obey him, he will grace you. And he, she said, the more that you obey him, the clearer you will hear his voice. And it has not failed. That is literally what I have lived off. Is when you feel he has said, like Mary, whatever he says to do, do it. And like she said, you'll miss it sometimes, but the more you obey, the clearer you're here. And as you get older, you won't miss it much. Isn't that good? Isn't that good wisdom? I remember going to her house one Wednesday night as we were on our way to church. She called my dad and said, I cut my finger on, a, on some scissors, and I have, I'm pretty sure I have lead poisoning. Would you please come and pray for me? Guys, when I was growing up, my dad and mom rarely ever, and I was a very sickly child, rarely ever took me to, to us to the doctor. Rarely. Only time I ever went to the doctor was to get a shot. That was it. And so we went to my grandmother's house, and her, her finger was three times the size of a normal finger, and it was ugly. And it had a, a red streak going right down it. And my dad, my Lord, he could pray. Oh, my goodness. He took his anointing oil out, and he touched that finger, and he asked all of us to raise our hands toward it. And he said, in the name of Jesus, I command every bit of poison to come out of this finger. And are you ready for this? You see, right in front of our eyes, it went down like a balloon. Now, you start seeing the demonstration and the power of God like that in your life. You will not forget God. You will not forget God. These are things that you can do right now in your home. And if you're an older person and your kids have grown up, let me tell you something. Your prayers have been heard. It's going to go to those kids and those grandchildren. I'm telling you right now, God is going to turn our families around. He has heard your prayer. And he, you're going to see the glory of God in your home. And at the end of my grandmother's life, I didn't even know this, but my grandmother had had cancer. I didn't even know it. And her stomach was large, and it was the tumor. And I was with her for 30 days until she took her last breath. And I read the word to her day and night. She began to prophesy over me. 
And she would say things to me like, did I ever tell you the prophetic word that God gave me the day that you... were dedicated to the Lord. I said, no. She goes, oh, it was wonderful. And then she fell asleep. I go, no, no, you didn't, you didn't tell me, no. You, you did not tell me, no. And she kind of woke up, she goes, oh, I'll tell you later. I go, no, no, please tell me right now. And she went on, she would go into a coma. So she was in a coma now for two days. I'm like, Lord, I wanna know what that word was. And then she come out of the coma worshiping the Lord. I mean, the nurse was about to have a nervous breakdown because this happened several times. She did not want to go to heaven yet. She wanted to go in the rapture. And I told her, I said, Grandma, it's time for you to go. And she had this really mean look sometimes. And she would say, you go. You go. I'm going up in the rapture. I said, no, you're going home. You're going home. I was 23 years old. She said, I am. Now listen. She said, I am. I said, yes, you are. She pointed to her Bible. I picked it up. She said, go to the back of the Bible. And on the back of the Bible was to every single one of her children and all of our grandchildren. And I saw my name. And she said, well, are you, are you going to pick this up for me? Are you going to keep praying for them? Are you going to keep praying for my grandchildren and my grandchildren? Because the circle, God has promised me that the circle will not be broken. Are you going to stand in my place? Are you going to pray for my children? This is my grandmother. And I began to see, my gosh, her life. Her life was a life of prayer. She didn't pray just when there was trouble. She lived a life of prayer. And I won't tell you the whole story, but let me tell you the very good part. At the very end of her life, just a couple of days later, she was going to take her last breath. And the morning before she went into a coma, she put her hand on my head. And it felt like oil was going down my head. She said, I impart to you what I carry. She said, you will do what I could not do. And your ministry will begin right before the coming of the Lord. My ministry really started, full-time ministry was 10 years ago. And doesn't it look like Jesus is coming? She said, I want you to agree. I want my children to see a miracle in my body. I want this tumor to be gone. Guys, are you ready for this? 48 hours later. This time she didn't come out of a coma. Her toes were starting to turn blue. She's not able to talk anymore. She did all the talking she was ever going to do. And God remembered her. I was in the living room and they called all my dad and all of his brothers and all of his sisters. The house was full of people. And all of a sudden, there was a shout that came from that bedroom. It was my aunt. You've got to come back here and see this. You've got to come back here and see this. We went back there, and that tumor was completely gone. Completely gone. 
Even though she didn't see it, she might have saw it. I have no idea, but she was not present. She was not. That's the faith that's in me. I saw that faith take her through trouble. And you know, even though we go through trouble, we're going through. Amen. We're not planning on staying in trouble. We're not going to get, you know, we're not going to get, oh, well, forget it. There was something I was going to say, but, you know, a photo op. This is the trouble I was in, I'm in, you know. No, we're going through the trouble. I wasn't afraid of trouble because I saw my parents go through things. And I saw the answer was always the name of Jesus, faith that can move mountains, and belief in the word of God. I remember my mother. When I was 20 years old, I'd been married and... We were having trouble. It was our first year of marriage, so I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. <laughs> and I came home, and um, she said to me, come here. I said, what? And she said, follow me. And I did, and we went in my bedroom, and we got on my knees, our knees. And she said, now listen, this is not right. The enemy has come because of the anointing on your life and on his life. And now we're going to pray through. Did you hear that? We're going to pray. What's praying through? You don't stop praying until you've come across. Uh, uh, you've come over. You have prayed yourself completely over the other side of the situation. And even though it may not have changed, you got a witness in your spirit. Come on. You heard from God. God has heard your prayer. You know. You have a witness. You have a peace. You've got to joy. Nothing's changed yet. But God has let you know, I have heard your prayer. And he changes you many times before he changes them. But here's what I want you to know. So my mother and I are praying, and I'm praying in the spirit. Here's my mom. And she goes, wait a minute. So I stopped praying. I said, what? She said, that's the same prayer language you've had since you were in junior high. What mother knows your prayer language? I have not even thought about that until the last couple of years. Wow, my mom knew my prayer language. I said, well, what, what do you mean? She goes, you're not growing in your prayer language. That means you're not praying in the spirit enough. You've got to pray. You've got to stretch your spirit. You've got to come up in the Holy Ghost. You're not praying enough in the spirit. Now, come on. Let's pray. We began to pray, and I, my little three or four syllables began to flow like a river. Come on. See, that's just for somebody right now. We're talking about a faith. That's contagious. We're talking about a faith this morning that is real, that is found in our parents, our mothers, our fathers, our grandmothers. And maybe you didn't have that growing up, but you will be that for your children. Come on. Maybe you didn't have that, but you've got the opportunity now to put it in your grandchildren. You've got the ability, the power right now. The grace of God is upon you right now to put it in your adult children. Come on, church. 
So what do I do? Pray much in the spirit. John, Lord, I bring John before your throne. And you frabisti And you keep doing that. And you keep doing that. And as you keep praying, what will happen is all of a sudden, English will come out of your spirit, and you'll begin to understand what you're saying to the Father. And when you understand what you're saying, you're getting an answer. Because you might think, this is the trouble in John's life, but God says, oh, no, no, that's a root, that's, a, that's the fruit from the root. This is the root. This is is what happening church this is the prayer that changes things prayer is good yes but the only prayer that's good is the one that's heard and the one that's heard is the prayer that's asked in faith if you're wondering if the, if it's the will of god you might as well not pray because james chapter one says that if you can't ask in faith really knowing that you're going to get it please do not pray that's what james one says I'm a little bit off my message. I'm going to close here in just a second. My mother. My dad had cancer. We were all believing God for a miracle. And that's what you should do because faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God, but faith also trusts God. Huh? Your faith is in God. Your faith is in his power. Your faith is in his character. So if things don't come out the way you're believing, it's going to be okay. Amen? So my dad's in the hospital, and he has a week to live. And my mother calls me up. And this is what she said to me. The faith I found in you. I was in your mother. Kimberly. I just left the hospital. And the doctor said that they have done everything they know to do for your dad. And that your dad has about a week to live. And so they're going to bring him home. And he's either going to be raised up or he's going to go on home to be with Jesus from the house. And this is what I want you to know, that if your dad does go on to be with the Lord, he was God's first before he was ever mine. And he's going to a place far better. Now, that's faith talking because she adored him. She said, I just want you to know that if your dad passes away, I am not going to be angry with God. I'm still going to believe in healing. I'm still going to lay hands on the sick. I still, come on, I still believe that they will recover. And she said, I'm going to be just fine. And you're going to be just fine too. And I just started crying. I said, Mom, I just read a beautiful scripture in Malachi. 
where the word says that God remembers those who remember him in a hard place. They were still speaking good of God. And the Bible says that God was in awe, basically, and he wrote it down in the book of remembrance. I said, Mom, right now I feel the power of the Holy Ghost on me, and I feel very sure that tonight the Lord is remembering you, and your faith is pleasing him, and he is writing this down in a book of remembrance. I couldn't be with my dad. I wanted to be with my dad. I had just had a new baby. I was in Kansas City. I was four hours from my dad. I wanted to be with him. And he had been in a coma, guys. I want you to know this is the Lord. And I just wanted so badly to hear my dad's voice one more time before he died. And so I prayed. I said, Father, please wake my dad up. I just want to tell him one more time that I love him. So I called my mom, and we were talking, and I said, well, how's he doing? And she said, well, he's comfortable, and he's, um, you know, he's still in a coma. And as we were talking, she said, wait a minute. Wait just a second. And she started talking to him. She goes, Max, he opened his eyes. She goes, Kim, he just opened his eyes. Let me put the phone to his ear. I said, Dad? And he goes, yes. I said, oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. I just wanted to say that I love you. 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 I just wanted you to know how much I love you. And thank you for being such a good dad. And thank you for putting everything you put in me. And I said, if you go on to be with the Lord, I will see you again. He said, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Here's my dad. He's about to cross over. And he's like, yes, you will. He remained awake the rest of the day. And people were coming to the house to come see my dad before he died. There were people playing the guitar and worshiping the Lord. And my dad was trying to put his hand out to touch people. They said the glory of God was so strong in the room that you could hardly, like you could hardly stand. There was a bright light all around him in his bed. They said it was the most wonderful thing. The faith I found in your grandmother and your mother. This is the faith. This is what God offers us, church. He can't promise you that everything will always be perfect. He can't. Why? Well, we don't understand everything because he's God. But Satan is still the God of this world, and he is still. You know, sometimes you walk around. I don't know about you, but over the years, I have felt like there's an infrared light between my eyes. The attacks come on. But I have learned how to weather the storm. And no idle believer, if you're going to be idle, you will not know this faith. Huh? If you're idle... With your faith, you will not know what I'm talking about. But if this morning you will make a commitment to the Lord that you're going to engage your faith and that you're going to walk with God and you're going to work with the Holy Spirit, you're going to see mountains move. Come on. You're going to see changes take place. You're going to see streams in the desert. Come on, somebody. You're going to see life in you. You're going to see your children come back to life. 
You're going to see your faith rise and come back to life. You're going to see Jesus in a way that you've never seen him before. Why? Because you're actually fellowshipping with him. Oh, I feel the power of God in this place. Father, I thank you. I thank you that your presence is in this place. I thank you that the anointing is here. <laughs> the anointing is here to heal the brokenhearted. I thank you, Father God, that the anointing is here, God. <laughs> I am the Lord, your God, and I do not fail. I am the Lord, your God. And I do not faint. I am the Lord your God, and my ear is not too heavy that it cannot hear. I am the Lord your God who sees you with his eyes. I counsel you. To know me. I counsel you this morning to put your hand of faith to that mountain one more time. And putting your faith in me and putting your trust in me, we will move the mountains that are in your way. We will move the mountains that are in your way. For I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord.
He's covering you, he's covering you, he's covering you with his love. Every spirit of darkness, every spirit of darkness, every spirit of darkness. My goodness, Father, you're so powerful in this place. There's a spirit of deliverance. Oh, I see wave after wave after wave. Storamanda. He stays. 
sa prata nestora ma foce ne che porata de ora cerenini che co la rialto prata e cendi poramane o The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And He's touching you. Flowing through you now. And every obstruction and every obstruction of the river there shall be in you a river and that river and that river is in you and it's going to flow Once again, Nandari Kichobrapata, every offense, every offense has to go. God's going after the obstruction of your faith. He's going after that which would prevent that it's obstructing the flow, the river of refreshing, the fellowship so sweet. The obstruction of offense has to go. If you've got an offense with anyone, it's got to go. You've got to release it. Let it go. Let it go. And the river shall Some of you have been offended with me, saith the Lord. Some of you have been offended with me, saith the Lord. I know you love me. I know you love me. But you don't know how much I love you. Do not be offended with me release the offense in your heart against me and the river and the river shall flow shall flow it shall flow it shall flow the river of the holy ghost shall It's a river of joy, and it's a river of peace. Bandarashi priyathara, yandarachte brombamre chingin de basta. 
I come against the spirit of offense. I break your power in the name of Jesus. I command you to release God's people in the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Come on, let it go. Let it go. I can't do it for you. Do you want this river to flow? Don't you want that flow? Don't you want that flow that you once knew? Don't you want that flow that used to flow? That used to flow? That used to flow through you? Don't you want it to flow again? Don't you want that sweet communion once again? That's what he's talking about. The river of God. The river of God. Now he said obstructions. Yes? That means it may not just be a spirit of offense. What if it's unforgiveness? What if it's fear? Fear means you've been yielding to fear more than yielding to faith. It means you have sided with darkness over what God has said. Repent. Repent. Father, I'm sorry that I yielded myself to a spirit of fear. That means I did not agree with you. I, I, I did not believe you would do it, and I'm sorry. We want unfeigned faith. We want a true spirit of faith. We want a true spirit of faith flowing, flowing, flowing. In the name of Jesus, flow. In the name of Jesus, release. I speak release to every captive in this place. There's an anointing. There's power in this place. Just like in the natural, there's power. You can see the electricity. I mean, you can see the lights on, and this is operating by electricity in it. It needs something to flow through, yes? Dale katobra, jan dele barriki koya yan la 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 bata, nandora baya lo baya yalaya. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. Hallelujah. We release the sweet peace, the sweet joy of the Spirit. And I thank you, Father God, for new life flowing, a new life flowing. A new life is promised. <laughs> a new life is flowing. A new life is flowing. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. And that river is flowing. Come on. I don't have to touch you. If you stand, if you want it, stand up. Lift up your hands. God's doing it. God's doing it. God's doing it. I'm letting go of anger. I'm letting go of resentment. I'm letting go of fear. The spirit of wisdom, Brandon. I thank you, God, for the spirit of Rahaja. The spirit of wisdom. 
I thank you, Father God, that you're my soul. Shadete, my soul. My soul. <laughs> my soul. Stay, 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 ne, lebre, usta, stay, ne, breke, chichik, tende. My soul, my soul, my soul, my soul. Shiki kurapa, shiki kurata, standara bahamra. The spirit of revival, Sanda, We release it in the name of Marahanja. The release, there's a flow that's coming through you, Brandon. Oh my my. Sala Bastata, a bubbling, a bubbling up, a brook. Shalabahambra and Sapripichte. There shall be in you a river. Glory to God. There shall be in you a river. And it's flowing and it's flowing. There's a new flow of the Spirit. And there's a spirit of revival that's coming upon your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And a spirit of wisdom. Wisdom. The wisdom of God. To know. To know how. To know what. Ha, ha, ha. In the name of Jesus direction from the Holy Ghost. There is in you a river. There is in you a river. Behold, I do things new. Behold, I do a new thing. Joy in the name of Jesus. Joy. Let the church of God have joy. Joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If the devil takes your joy, you have no ability to stand in this evil day. God wants to give you back your joy. Every ancestral curse broken in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord. And Father, I thank you for such joy. I thank you that she carries a supply of the Spirit. And you will see the river flow and increase. And you're going to see many of your clients being changed, set free, and moved by God because of the supply that is in you. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you're revealing to this beautiful girl who you really are, who you really are. The river flows in Jesus' name. Let it flow in Jesus' name. Sti, sta, labata. Church, I don't even need to lay hands on you. The power of God is here. We, we must learn how to touch him with our faith. He's here. The Spirit's flowing. The power of God is present. Amen. How many of you feel the presence of God in this place? 
Well, just reach out and take it. Amen. It's yours. The blessing of God. It maketh rich. It adds no sorrow, neither does toiling increase it. I release the blessing of God. You will work under the blessing of God. Work with the grace of God. Father, I thank you for joy and strength in the Holy Ghost. Joy and strength in the Holy Ghost. And I'm speaking to those who are watching by live stream. You get in on this too. God's talking to you. Your children are coming home. God has heard your prayer and the children are coming home. I release, I release the rivers of God to you in the name of Jesus. Flow, flow, flow in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Guys, don't miss, don't miss out on what God has said today. Well, if you heard anything, faith works with the Holy Ghost. Amen? As you pray much in the Spirit. I see. I, I want to tell you right now. I see. You just don't even have an idea. There's such a shift taking place in your life right, right now. Shifts taking place in relationships. Shifts taking place financially by the end of 2020 I wrote this down the Lord said this to me oh did I leave it over there he said by 2020 you're going to be in a very different place by the end of 2020 you're going to be in a different place you're going to know come here my love come here sweetheart come here I like you God likes you Lord says, come near. Come here. Come here. Just a little bit more. See, this is what God is saying. I want you to come near. Lying devil. See? <laughs> this is what he's talking about. The river of God is flowing. You spirit of unbelief, you come out of him in Jesus' name. Thou spirit of unbelief, come out in the name of Jesus. You orphan devil, get out in Jesus' name. Receive. My God is touching you right now, son. You receive the love of God. You see something? You know what the Lord says? I don't know you, right? Oh, my. But I know some things about you. You have creativity. You are a blessing. You're a blessing. God loves you. And he only desires that you listen to what he says and not what the devil says. And the Lord says, son, if you will turn off the switch, refuse to listen to anything the devil says anymore, and you will focus only on my word and what I say, and say what I say, you will be a new person. You will walk in such freedom and such joy. This is God's Rx for you. It's not one of those things where you know you, I just believe that the spirit of unbelief just came off of you and I believe the spirit of orphan just came off of you. Now for that to stay, God says remain. Father, thank you for healing. 
his body. I thank you for healing him of the memories. Thank you for healing him of all the trauma and all the, all the memories. I command all trauma to come out of every cell in his body. In the name of Jesus, the devil has made you fear. He's a liar. It's the opposite. You are loved by God. You're going to be fine. You're going to walk in power. And you're going to do harm to the enemy. And the devil knows it. And that's why he has lied to you and tried to keep you under his foot. But the Lord says you put him under your foot. All power has been given to you. What is your name? Oh, what a cool name. Jaden the warrior. Did you hear that? Jaden the warrior. I love it. That's right. It's in your DNA. Absolutely. You have the DNA of a victor. Be set free in Jesus' name. Believe what God says, not what the enemy is saying. Because the enemy has come to steal that which God has put in you. And now there's the great reveal. There's the great reveal. God's going to reveal himself to you. God is going to show you things that you have not known. But the Lord said this will only happen as you stay steady with me, as you stay in the word, as you purpose in your heart to do exactly what the spirit of God has said. Do not listen to anything the devil says anymore. Put your trust in me. Put your trust in my word, and you will begin to see what I see. And you will have come into this great reveal. This is the reveal. God's going to reveal. Be blessed, Jaden, in Jesus' name. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of Jadens. Orphans. The devil's trying to make you an orphan. There are 60-year-old orphans here. There are 50-year-old orphans here. You are loved. You're not alone. We know the devil's a liar, yes? You should know when the devil is lying to you. He's trying to talk you right out of your inheritance. He did to you what he did to Eve. He came to you and said, hath God Come over here, sweetie, so I can put my hands on you. All oppression, all worry has to go in the name of Jesus. Now, this is private. This is the Spirit of God speaking over you. Private. 
Nobody needs to understand, but you will understand. And I believe you are understanding what he's saying right now. Si cobranda. Si cobratando brate. conception the power of God says I rejoiced in the day that you were conceived I know you I know everything about you I know all the good that I have put in you I know all the fruit that can come through your life saith the Lord I know you I had something to do with your birth it could have been another egg but it was you you have purpose. You have purpose. And the Lord says he is going to put away the pain. And he is going to make sense of all your tears. Everybody stretch your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you for your delivering power. You spirit of depression. You spirit of suicide. You come out. You're a devil. You're a liar. You're a thief. Come out. In the name of Jesus, you lying devil, you're a liar. Shut up and come out in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of darkness that has been assigned to his life. What's your name? Eduardo. Prefe. Cucete. Brastende. Rabiste, scelere miando, bracete ne bacanda lo bastata, but I can. Not many can do what I have just done for you, and no one could do what the power is coming through you to do. There are some with wisdom that could have counseled and helped you through some things, but I am the counselor. I am God and I change not. I plan to bring you up. I plan to not leave you where you're at. You're coming up and you're coming out. And ways have to change. And in order for ways to change, you've got to th change your thinking. I will do my part if you will do your part. And together we will walk down a new path and you will see the joy that is set before you and you will understand all that I have placed within you and you'll begin to walk <laughs> and you'll begin to talk and you'll begin to walk and begin to talk like the child of God that you are you begin to walk and talk like a man full of faith 
going to change you, saith the Lord. I see a new job. See, you may not have had the father that you needed to show you the way. healing this heart everything I make is beautiful and perfect you are not you're not imperfect in the natural but not in the spirit you see you are valuable and I love you and I'm going to father you and I'm going to put wisdom in you and I'm going to make you strong and I'm going to make you able you'll walk the walk of faith and the blessing and the favor of God will come upon your life and it will increase and the kingdom of God shall come through you and many shall rejoice with great joy saith the Lord be blessed in Jesus name and I believe that the Lord is going to assign one of the elders to you to help bring you in to help walk with you the Lord will do that the Lord will do that if you'll commit to living this new way and walking with God. Father, I thank you for the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. Father, thank you that you're ministering deep, deep, deep. You're going deep. You're touching. You're touching his heart where no doctor could touch. No medicine can touch this pain, only the Spirit of God, and he's doing it. I thank you, Father God that you're having your way in him, and we bless you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Were you helped this morning? Did God speak to you this morning? Would you lift your hands? Father, I thank you for every mother in this place. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. I thank you, Father God, that shame is coming off. Guilt, remorse, shame has to go in Jesus' name. And the Lord says it's a new day. And begin, begin again. Begin in the Spirit. Begin to pray much in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because in this hour, you cannot change anything. You can't change the nation. You can't rule your zip code. You can't change your children's life or the path that they're on without the power of the Holy Ghost. It's impossible. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. But if, you're, if you will yield to the Holy Ghost, he's going to move things for you. Hallelujah. He's going to work for you as you pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, I ask that you bless every single person here this morning sitting here under your anointing. I thank you, God, that you're shifting, that you're changing hearts and minds. Eyes are opening. Thank you, Father God. Hearts are opened. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to take them on and you're going to speak to them and you're going to bring them into a new and living way. And I thank you, Father, that the streams, the streams of the Spirit are flowing once again through them and they will enjoy, they will enjoy the fellowship, the fellowship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit that they have longed for. And we bless you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name.
you, Kim. How many were blessed this morning by the Lord? Amen. Awesome. Well, we'll officially close service uh, for the moms as you make your way out. The children are out there. They have a rose for you. And then feel free to get your picture taken with your family in Connection Central. But we love you guys, and we will see you. Some of you this Wednesday will continue the Conquer series. And then next Sunday, Vision Sunday, along with asking you to bring a dish uh, according to the last name of your, uh, for the first letter of your last name. So love you guys. Be blessed. Have a great week.